there's plenty of people out there who are investing in stocks, investing in crypto, but they're afraid to invest in themselves. They see it differently than just putting money in real estate. Because again, one, we have the ownership piece, right? If I buy a stock, if I buy real estate, if I buy crypto, I own something. But I honestly think it goes deeper than that. I think people are afraid to pay for something that might make them better because that also leaves them with the option that they might fail. Welcome, my fellow humans, to another episode of the Healthy, Happy Human Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Levitin. I've got a great episode for you today, but before we jump in, I just want to let you know about the Healthy, Happy Human Academy Facebook group. This is a private Facebook group that I created for my coaching clients that I've opened up to the public free of charge. Inside, I do weekly live trainings, share helpful and motivational content, and support the members on their journeys to being healthy, happy humans. So if you're looking for a community of like-minded individuals, a place to learn and grow, then come join. The link is in the show notes, and I can't wait to see you. And now, on to today's episode. How can you go all in on yourself? You know, if you've listened to this show a lot, you know, one of my favorite all-time sayings is, everything is the same. I even wrote a whole blog about it that was published on my friend Tony Gentlecore's blog that I'll put the link to in the show notes. And when I say everything is the same, what I mean is that everything is an analogy for everything else. Fitness is an analogy for life. Life is business. Business is relationships. Relationships are health. Health is communication. The same rules apply in all these areas because life is life and humans are humans. And we can use the lessons we learn in one arena and extrapolate out to build better all around lives. So today I'm going to be talking about economics and finance, which admittedly is ironic because I literally became a marketing major in college because I wanted to not take economics and finance classes. So I'm far from an expert. And I'm not going to actually sit here and try to give you financial advice. I'm not even going to actually talk about finance or economics. You know, there's tons of YouTube and podcasts and TikToks that are all going to give investment advice or whatever you want to learn about. But I don't think that's why you came here today. Today, this is simply about the concept of investing and how certain economic principles can help you lead a better, happier, more successful life. So let's say that I want to get started and investing in the stock market. And to keep things simple, we'll say I have $1,000. So right now, I have $1,000 in a checking account. So I could take that $1,000 and I could pay rent with it. I could buy Burger King or I could let it sit there just waiting and ready for whenever I do need to spend it. But I decide to use it to purchase stocks. And let's just say that I buy one stock worth $1,000 per share. So I now own one share of company X. So that $1,000 is now gone from my checking account. For all intents and purposes, the money is gone. I can't pay rent with it anymore. I can't buy myself a juicy flame broiled Whopper. You know, that money was spent to purchase stocks. Except that I now own that stock. And that stock has, theoretically at least, some inherent value. 
you know, and the value of that stock, it may go up if the business that is associated with does better, at which case I could sell the stock. I could get my money back plus more, making a profit. However, I am also taking a risk. If the stock drops in value below the $1,000 that I put in, I would risk losing some money. It's possible that I could lose the whole thing. So while I no longer have the $1,000 in my checking account, but I do own one share of stock X, which I purchased for $1,000, and that stock's value may go up or down. Now, again, if someone comes to me with a new business opportunity right now, or an unexpected bill comes in, I can't use that stock to pay for it, right? I can't use it like I would use cash or like I would use money in my checking account. So for many people, when they think about investing, it seems like that money has been spent in that same traditional way that we spend money on everything else, which is technically true. But the money spent here is fundamentally different than simply buying something because the stock is an asset that I own that has the potential to make me money. And when I say potential, understand the inflection in my voice because inherent in investing is risk. There's no guarantee that a stock or any investment will make money. Many people lose money investing in many different things from stocks to Pokemon cards to real estate to different business ventures. And, you know, regardless, though, the key distinction is that when I buy something that I own and hope that it will create more money for me than I originally purchased it for, that is an investment. But compare that to something like purchasing a car. If I buy a new car, I that money goes out, it leaves my checking account, just like when I purchased the stock, and I get the car in return. And that's it. The transaction is over. There's no risk there. I get exactly what I signed up for. However, there is no opportunity for potential future reward, since the car's value goes down once I drive it off the lot. And that is why that is spending and not investing. Often, an investment can seem like spending money because it feels that way, because it starts the same way. I, both of those scenarios start by me laying money out of my checking account, out of my, my actual cash savings. However, the outcomes can be quite different. Again, an investment, while not guaranteed, has at least the potential for upside, and the upside being possible financial gain sometime in the future. Spending just gets you a thing. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you're after. So what's my point? Well, I was rec recently you know, preparing some financial documents for my accountant. Uh, it's tax season here in the US and I was looking over some of the numbers from 2021. And being a small business owner, I keep track of all my business expenses in a you know, handy dandy little spreadsheet. And honestly, I'm, I'm about to get very transparent with you because I want you to understand that this is real stuff that I'm talking about. And I'm gonna to talk to you about money, my personal financial situation, because I think that money is an important thing to be able to talk about and people's weird secrecy around money, around what we make, around what we spend, it's a big impediment to many people's success. So as I was looking over my expenses for the last tax year, one number immediately jumped out at me. Sitting in the expense column, all total up together, $25,000, $25,000, $25, 
which was not a down payment on a house. It was not a new forest green Ford Fiesta. That number was the amount of money that I spent on coaching and continuing education in 2021. And when I say continuing education, I don't mean I went back to school for a master's degree. But more specifically, I spent 15000 on business coaching, 5000 on various standalone online courses, and 5000 on traveling to various seminars. And for some people, that may seem like a wildly crazy number. And honestly, in every realm of existence, it is. I'm, I'm will, will 100% admit that. You know, even someone who is by all metrics rich would consider 25,000 a considerable amount. And, you know, quite to both mine and my accountant's dismay, I am unfortunately not rich yet. So it's wild to say that I spent over 20 grand on coaching and education. And yet I don't feel bad about it one bit. So for one, last year, I also launched my business and my podcast and made enough money that I was officially able to leave my job working for someone else and now do what I love full time. So clearly something worked. But regardless of that, the reason I'm so unbothered by that wildly large number is that I spent that money on me. Actually, sorry, correction. I didn't spend it. I invested it. And that's the point. It may be easy to look at that money as money that is spent. It's gone now. It's burned. Some internet guru grifted me and he's laughing all the way to the beach in Bali. But in reality, that money was invested. The knowledge that I gained, the time that I saved, the skills I was taught, these are all things that will pay off dividends in the future. And honestly, they already have. But the entire reason I was able to do this, the way that I was able to take this scary leap of spending that money, which was scary, right? I mean, that that money is real to me. It was in my account. It was because I saw it as an investment and not a cost. See, it costs $2,000 a month for a studio apartment. You pay your landlord, you don't get that money back ever. If I invest in myself, I do it with the understanding that the money is coming back to me. This is very important to understand, right? Economists, Amos Tversky and Daniel Kahneman, two Nobel Prize winning economists who wrote the book Thinking Fast and Slow, uh, which I reference all the time on this show and I think that is very important for anyone to read. You know, one of their major findings that they wrote about in this book and that won them the Nobel Prize was around what they termed as loss aversion. And basically, to sum this up really quickly and probably not that well, but you'll get the point, is that basically the human brain does not like to feel like it is losing something. And that's the the big thing that you need to understand here. If I look at something as a cost, my natural human instinct towards loss aversion will kick in and it will immediately become less appealing to me, right? So if you want want to get an understanding for how loss aversion works, think about this. If you're walking down the street right now and you found a dollar, you might bend down and pick it up, but it wouldn't much change your day. You probably wouldn't even give it a second thought. But how many times have you been in the app store about to download an app and you saw that it cost 99 cents and you scrolled away thinking like, no way, no way I'm spending my money on that. That is your brain protecting, I'm doing air quotes here, protecting you from loss. That is loss aversion. The gain of a dollar is okay, but the loss of a dollar feels like 
a much bigger deal. So we avoid that. So that's why we need to differentiate between thinking of something as a cost and thinking of it as an investment. All right. And, you know, while we're on the topic of investing, I also want to briefly touch on saving as well as opportunity costs, because, you know, if you're going to talk about what I can do with my money, if, in, if, if investing in it myself is one option, there's other options on the table. And I've done episodes in the past on opportunity cost, so I won't dive too deeply on that today. Uh, if you don't understand the concept, I highly suggest you go back and listen to episode 31, which is all about opportunity cost, sunk costs, and other logical fallacies that many humans tend to fall victim to. Um, I'll put a link for that in the show notes. You know, but basically, the way to understand opportunity cost, to keep it super brief, is that we can't evaluate how money is spent, or it doesn't even have to be money, how our time is spent, how our energy is spent, if we are also not evaluating how else that thing could have been better spent. So it's not, wow, $25,000 is a lot. It's really what else could have been done with that $25,000. So you want to look at the purchasing power of the money. And you might say, well, there's so much you could have bought with that. You could have bought a house. You could have bought a boat. You could have bought a boathouse. We understand, though, that I did not spend the money, right? Those are all things that I would spend on. I mean, you could call, you can consider some of these things investments, but not really uh, for, for various reasons. <laughs> feel free to uh, shoot me a message and argue if you want to argue about why a boat or a house is not a, a, a good investment. Um, so to compare the opportunity cost to that, it, it wouldn't be the most ideal. What I need to then do is question is there somewhere else that I could have better invested that money, right? That money that I invested in myself, would it have paid off more in another investment vehicle? So to understand this, we have to understand investments a little. Let's look at the stock market. On a good year, the stock market bet returns between 7 to 10%. That means that if I placed my money in the stock market, after a year of growth, that $25,000 would have turned into about $27,500 a profit of $2,500, ideally. That's assuming a good market year. And I'm ignoring the fact that while I'm recording this, we are in the middle of a recession and some people are predicting that it could be a full-blown depression. So whatever. You know, there maybe I could have also put my money in crypto, which is also recovering from record lows as I record this. I could have tried to buy real estate, which is at record highs. And then there's inflation, which is also up. And if you don't understand inflation, this is a very important thing because inflation is what makes saving a bad idea. If you are saving your money, right? That's what a lot of people come at this. Well, like, I, well, I'm not going to spend 25 grand on, on this or that, but I'm just going to save it. But you have to understand that if you are saving your money in the traditional sense, like a checking account or keeping actual cash liquid money, you're actually losing money because of inflation. Inflation changes the purchasing power of money. So $1,000 today on the day of recording this won't buy me as much gas, meat, or milk as it would have a year, two years, or five years ago, right? We can all see that. So if I had $1,000 that I made five years ago, and I still have that same $1,000 sitting in my, my sock drawer, that $1,000 is actually worth less to me today than it was five years ago. 
because it has less purchasing power. It will do less for me, which means that I actually, for all intents and purposes, lost money. So, you know, the fact of the matter is, as I said before, all investments are risky. Do some people get rich investing? Sure. But do most people end up losing? 100%. The house always wins, and that's why most people don't get rich. But no matter what, if the investments do pan out, real investments pay off slowly over time, and you need to be willing to be in it for the long haul. Right? This doesn't matter, again, if it's stocks, if it's real estate, if it's crypto, if it's building a business. This is stuff that is not a quick fix and you need to be in it for the long haul. Again, everything is the same, going back to everything we've talked about, health and mindset. Right? Like I'm no stock expert, but I can guarantee you with 100% certainty that anyone that's telling you that they can make you massive amounts of money in short periods of time in the stock market is at best wrong. And more likely, they're actually flat out lying and trying to steal from you in some way. So, right, we come back to opportunity cost. What are the options I have with my money? I can save it, which is the worst thing to do, right? Inflation is at record highs. So money sitting in my in my savings account, which earns like 0.5% interest or something like that, while inflation is sitting at 5, 6, 7%, actually losing 5% annually. Now I could spend the money I could spend it on random goods and services that doesn't return anything to me, but you know I get the thing. So I could buy a car. I'll lose my money, but I get the car. I could buy bottle service at a Las Vegas, Vegas nightclub. I could pay for a ski vacation with all of the extras. I could get some new tattoos. And all of these are, in fact, ways that I have spent, or some might say wasted, tens of thousands of dollars before. And I say wasted kind of half jokingly because I really have spent $10,000 on bottle service and tattoos for sure. I think that I, I lost count years ago, but I, I'm pretty sure I've surpassed $50,000 on my body and tattoos. I probably don't plan on stopping. And again, that number might be maddening to you to hear, right? But that's the thing. A lot of people will say that money is wasted, but the thing about money is it is made to be wasted. Once you pay your bills... Once you have a roof over your head, once you have some food in your fridge, what do you call the rest of the money that you have? There's literally a name for it. It's called disposable income. No matter what you're spending your excess cash on, it is by its very definition excess and being wasted. And that's because you are no longer spending it on necessities. You're not spending it on things you need. You're now spending it on just things that you want. And every person has different wants. So it might be easy for you to look at me and say, well, like, what the fuck? $50,000 on tattoos, $25,000 on coaching? Who, who the fuck does this guy think he is? But I personally look at people who spend massive amounts on eating out, on ordering Uber Eats, on taking lifts and Ubers everywhere, on having a car payment that they don't need, and living in houses where they pay rent that they probably can't afford, and all the million other things that people spend their money on. And I think that that's a little crazy. I've had friends look me square in the face and say that I was crazy to spend $1,000 on traveling to a seminar while they sit in DoorDash McDonald's spending $20 on $5 McNuggets. Because the fact of the matter is, I'm not rich. I just spend money on things that mean something to me. And again, full transparency here. I spent $25,000 in 2021 on education and coaching. 
my total income across all of my jobs and businesses was about $100,000. That means I spent one-fourth of my total net income before taxes and invested it directly back into myself. To allow that to happen, to be able to do that, I had to make a conscious decision. I had to cut back some places. I don't eat out often. I don't wastefully order things that I don't need. I don't buy new clothes. I don't go out to bars and waste money like I did when I was younger. You know, combine that with the fact that, yes, I'm a single guy. Yes, I have no kids. Yes, my business has no real overhead. And it gives me a bit of wiggle room. But the point is that anyone can look at the way I spend money and say it's crazy. Just like one person could look at what one might spend on a two-week European vacation and say that's nuts, while another person might say that it's the best money that they ever spent. Again, after you have your needs met, all your money is disposable. And I don't get into the business of judging how other people spend their money. You know, there are lots of things that I could spend my money on. And they might seem good or bad to you, and what you spend your money on might seem good or bad to me. I have a friend who's a sex therapist, and she told me a quote years ago that always stuck with me, and it's just, never yuck someone else's yum, right? So the way people spend their their money is, is their thing, and how you spend your money is your thing, right? So my point is just not to judge, and just to think about where your priorities lie, because where your money goes shows where your priorities lie. And by me investing a quarter of my entire annual salary into continuing education, I, I just know myself that that speaks volumes about where I'm going and what my life is going to be in a, in a matter of years. And I, I believe that with my whole heart. So, you know, I could save the money, which again, we know is wrong. I'm losing money, getting nothing in return. Inflation is eating up my everything. I could spend it if I just want to, you know, enjoy myself right now and I'm not looking for any monetary return and, you know, I'm, I'm spending on things that bring me, bring me joy, then sure, great, good, good trade. And then the last option is that I invest it. And, you know, as I went over before, even the best, most sound investments are still gambles and they all pay off slowly over time if and when they do pay you back. So why then is it that choosing to invest in myself in purchasing education and hiring a coach who could help me reach my goals in a year when trying to figure out how to do it on my own would have taken three, four, five times that long, why does that sound so outlandish? You know, considering that I invested $25,000 to launch my business, which in its first year made me over 50000 which is a 2x return, and that dwarfs any other investment that I could have possibly made. And even if I didn't make that much money, I still gain knowledge, which to me is invaluable. So again, why do people find this to be so shocking? Well, you know, I can tell you my assumption for why most people, possibly you listening, have such a deep guttural reaction to me saying that I spent $15,000 on a business coach. And the first is, as I mentioned earlier, loss aversion. In most people's eyes and their brains, spending on education, like courses or coaching, doesn't produce anything tangible. You don't get something that you can hold in your hands. You don't actually get something that you can see, that you can touch, that you can feel, right? When someone says, I spent $20,000 on a new car, it seems normal though, right? Because I buy the car, I have the car, I know what I'm getting, I know what it is, I know where it's parked. So to me, it doesn't feel like a loss, even though in terms of an investment, it actually is because my car that I just spent $20,000 on is now only worth $15,000 and then $10,000. So 
I've actually lost money, but it, to me it feels better because I know what I got. And then the other big thing there is that most people are afraid to invest in themselves. You know, there's plenty of people out there who are investing in stocks, investing in crypto, but they're afraid to invest in themselves. They see it differently than just putting money in real estate. Because again, one, we have the ownership piece, right? If I buy a stock, if I buy real estate, if I buy crypto, I own something. But I honestly think it goes deeper than that. I think people are afraid to pay for something that might make them better because that also leaves them with the option that they might fail. And that to me is the big reason. Because if I told you that you could pay $25,000 to a business coach and by the end of the year, you'd make 100000 guaranteed, you'd pay that every time. Even if you didn't have the money, you'd go out and get a loan, you'd ask family, you'd ask friends, you'd beg, you'd borrow, you'd steal. I mean, how could you not? You'd guaranteed 4Xing your money. So the reason there is hesitation there is because of there's a lack of certainty. It's not that the money is scary. It's that it's the chance that you might lose it. But if it was guaranteed to make four times your money, then it would be a no-brainer. But nothing is li in life is guaranteed. And again, we are only losing it if we're looking at this as a cost. That's why we have to reframe this as an investment. So the thing is, when you're thinking about it as a cost, and a cost is a risk, so your brain goes, well, you know, it would be great to have a successful business, but, you know, uh, $20,000, $20, that's a lot of money, uh, way more than I'm comfortable losing. And that's loss aversion, right? Your brain avoids the loss. And that's okay, right? Everyone's in different places in their lives. Everyone has a different level of risk tolerance. I'm not saying that you should be investing anywhere near that amount of money in yourself. Again, I'm a crazy person. I know that about myself. I, I do things, whenever I do something, I go all in. Again, I started getting tattoos. <laughs> I got my whole body tattooed. I started I started business. I went straight to get the, the best business coach in the industry. I started a podcast. I did it day one and I never stopped for the next 80 weeks. Like this is the type of person I am. So I get that not everyone is like that. But understand when you when you have that, when your brain responds in that way that, you know, uh, well, you know, that would be nice. and But I don't know, it's, it's just a big risk. That feeling, what that means you know, when you hear me talk about spending all this money on business coaching and you feel like you're like, whoa, like what the, that's crazy. That's your subconscious brain going like alert, alert, failure, failure, imminent. It's a safety mechanism, right? We're all pr inherently predisposed to value safety. And because of that, you've been raised to value money above all else, which makes sense because in the westernized modern world, money represents safety. Money allows you to keep a roof over your head. It allows you to keep food in your belly. Money literally keeps you alive. However, as many people have famously learned by now, and many studies and books have highlighted, once you have those things, once you have a roof over your head, you have food in your fridge, you have a bit of money saved up so you aren't living paycheck to paycheck, then money no longer actually equates to safety and happiness anymore. Its marginal value decreases. Meaning, if you're dead broke and someone hands you 10 grand, it would literally change your life. However, if a billionaire was handed 10 grand, it wouldn't even be worth their time to go to the bank and deposit it, right? So the marginal utility of money just means that the more money we have, the less valuable it becomes. So if you only make $20,000 a year, then spending $1,000 on something like books or courses might 
seem unacceptable. And if that's the difference between you paying rent this month or being able to eat, then obviously that's not who I'm talking to. Keep grinding, save, just do whatever you can. But the one thing I do know is that no matter what, no matter where you are in your life, no matter where you are financially, the best thing that you can ever do is invest in yourself. The best investment you can ever make is in yourself because spent money is gone. Investments in stocks can go up or down, but investing yourself will pay off exponentially always. And, and not simply from making more money. You know, as I'm saying, this is, that's not what this is all about. Investing in yourself pays off in so many other ways, like literally simply being a better person. The type of person who will invest money in themselves is going to be levels above most people who are too afraid to do that, right? A big chunk of the money that I spent on the courses this year was for in-person seminars. And when I spend money to go to a seminar, you know, I have to pay for plane tickets, hotels, food, all that stuff while I'm traveling. I don't do it with a specific ROI or return on investment in mind. Again, that's not what it's about. The fact is that when I do stuff like that, I gain so much more than money. I learn, I grow. I get to meet people who are also in the world of growing and bettering themselves. People who are also investing in themselves, right? As you've probably heard, the famous quote, you're the sum of the people you spend the most time with. But what happens if your friends aren't reading books and doing continuing education and talking about building businesses and getting wealthy? Well, mine weren't either. So I went out of my way to put myself around people who were, and that costs money. So what's the ROI of that? What's the return on investment of the connections I've made, of the network I've built, and that I will continue to build through constant investment in myself? You know, some of my closest friends currently are from coaching groups and masterminds that I paid to be a part of. Because factually, people in those groups are the people I want to be around. They are the people who are like me, the people who are trying to make their lives fucking amazing by any means necessary. People who are ready to go all in on themselves, people who are investing in their future. And that's the benefit that you get from investing in yourself. Because since most people are too scared to take that leap, it automatically thins the herd. And the people you meet when you open yourself up to growth are the type of people who are also growing. And that builds momentum for all of those involved. That to me is honestly the biggest benefit by far that I cannot overstate. You know, e even if I never made another dollar from my business, simply the connections I've made in the last year would be more than enough to make every dollar that I spent worth it. And listen, at this point, I know, listen, I've been talking a lot about money, but understand when I talk about investing, money is not the only way, right? I get that not everyone is there to financially invest in themselves like that. There's also investing in yourself through knowledge, through time, through energy and effort. You can read more. You can learn more. There's tons of free courses. Yes, you can pay, but you can also do a ton for free. Because I get it. It might seem like a luxury. Like, well, yeah, Paul, like, must be nice to have 20 grand to, th 20 grand to throw around, but, you know, that's not me. And understand that I only started to invest in myself at this level over the last two years. Before that, you know, I spent about two to $3,000 a year on continuing education, uh, which is still a lot. But during that time, and even before when I wasn't spending any money on education, I was the king of free resources. I read pro hundreds, probably thousands of blogs. I listened to thousands of hours of podcasts. So yeah, money makes things easier, but it's not impossible to do it without. And 
I will be honest in saying that I was like that person spending no money or doing it for free or spending the bare minimum for five or six years and I didn't get very far. And the moment I started investing more in myself was the time that my my life, my business, my happiness, my success all really took off. So are those things correlated? I don't know. But I would argue that if you're in this situation where you are just scraping by, then this can even be even more important. Because in reality, if you have $1,000 to invest, there is nothing that you're going to invest in that is actually going to make a return that is worth anything, right? If I put that $1,000 in the stock market, and right now, the, over the course of the year, the stock market goes up 5%. I just made 50 bucks, right? $1,000 is not getting me any real estate. It's going to get me a fraction of some crypto Bitcoin or something like that that is, might go to zero tomorrow. I can't buy into a business. I can't do anything with it. It's not enough to invest. And that's why most people, poor people, people middle class and below, tend to go straight to spend, Right? You can save, you can invest, you can spend. So since they can't invest it, they go straight to that spend. And that's why the rich stay rich and the poor stay poor. The rich people invest their money. They invest in businesses, they invest in relationships, they invest in experiences. They continue to grow. But again, they see this as investment, not spending. But people who have less money, they think, well, I don't have enough to invest, so what's the point? And then they go spend that money on some Jordans or splurge on a fancy night at dinner a few times a month. And again, I, nothing wrong with some nice sneakers or enjoying food, but there is another option. Invest in yourself because that $1,000 in stocks does nothing. But taking $1,000 and buying a course on personal development like the ones that I teach or a course on learning to code or learning literally any skill that you will now add to your skill set, that is something that can change your life and change the trajectory of your life by changing who you are and changing what you're able to do. That's why I want to tell you guys about the new course that I'm actually super excited to be launching right now titled How to Quit Quitting, the proven system to building a purposeful, passionate life. This is a course that I created to help you if you're feeling stuck or stagnant in your career or your life, to help you find the courage to go all in on yourself so that you can live a life of fulfillment and passion. Because honestly, one thing that I've learned in my time as a coach and an entrepreneur is that you can literally do anything. And when I say that, I'm talking to you, like you listening right now can literally achieve anything in the world. And the reason that most people never achieve their goals and the reason that most people live lives of constant mediocrity is not because they don't know how to start or what to do, but it's actually because they are always quitting on themselves. So in this course, I'm going to outline my five-part framework that will break down all the reasons that we as humans quit on our dreams and we're going to take away every excuse you have so that your only option is success. And I do it all without cheesy mantras or woo-woo vision boards. I'm all based in facts and science, which you guys know that I'm all about. All right, so if that seems interesting to you, then click the link in the show notes or just shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. And, uh, you know, this is a brand new program that I'm running for the first time. It's very uh, timely for what I'm doing in my own personal life and career. I'm launching this on May 1st, and I'm taking a super small group of beta testers through it to make sure it's perfect before I release it to the general public. So again, if this is resonating with you, if you're nodding, if you're nodding your head like, yeah, fuck, man, I need that, then, you know, click the link in the show notes, hit me up on Instagram. Um, we'll see if you're a good fit. 
Uh, I'll be dropping more info as the time gets closer as well. So if you're on the fence or maybe you just want to learn a little bit more, then click to get on the Healthy Happy newsletter in the show notes as well. Um, and that's how you'll learn more and I'll, I'll be able to keep you up with all the news as this starts uh, get to get rolling. All right, but back to investing in yourself. Before I let you go today, you know I always want to leave you with an action step. And today's action step is to do a financial audit on yourself. See, where is your money going, right? I said before, the best way to know where your priorities lie is just through your banking app. Is your money being spent or is it being invested? If you're saying that you don't have money to do the type of things that I'm saying, but I open up your Chase Mobile Banking app or your Bank of America app, and I see Uber Eats, Uber Eats, Uber Eats, uh, Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, uh, Paramount, Disney Plus, and all these other things, well, then that shows where your priorities are. If you're spending money on frivolous things, if you're ordering out, going out, partying, you know, all of these different things, but then you look at the way that I invest my money in myself as crazy, then we just have a difference of opinion. Or if you're the person who is investing their money, let me know what your ROI was last year and see if you don't think that taking some of that money or time or energy and investing it in bettering yourself would have been a feasible choice. You know, often just the act of paying attention to this stuff will cause you to change. In all of my courses, I teach the first step of change as being awareness. So hopefully, a financial audit, seeing where your money is going, will bring you some awareness and, you know, you might see that you do have the ability to change if you're ready. All right, that's it for today. As always, thank you for being here. I hope you got a lot out of this episode and I appreciate you taking the time to listen during your workout, your walk, your commute or whatever else it is you're doing. If you got some value out of this episode, I encourage you to hit that little share button and send it to a friend. I personally always share podcasts with my friends and family, and they are always grateful for it because it's a way we can all learn and grow together. If you want to help support my show and help me grow, leave an honest rating review in iTunes. And if you really love what I'm doing here and want to support the show, you can click the link in the show notes to buy me a coffee. I self-fund this podcast with no ads and no sponsors just because I want to help more people live healthy, happy lives. If you believe in the mission like I do and want to help me grow, then that is a small way that you can get involved. Thank you again for your love, your listens, and your support, and I'll see you here next week. But until then, stay healthy, stay happy, my friends.